Common Sensors Podcast Consumers. Welcome to episode 114 of Go Tell to the Wall Podcast. I'm, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And after a three-week layoff, we are back. That's right. Did you notice there was no podcast for three weeks? I know some of you did because I was getting some messages and things, and some of you were like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Everything was fine. We just had a little three-week layoff for actually various reasons, lots of reasons. Uh, I'll get into a couple of those like as we go along, I guess. And I'll be honest, one of those reasons was me catching the, the amazing Buck 09 uh, at Alex's Bar down there in Long Beach. Uh, and then, of course, one of those was also Halloween falling on a Thursday. And when you have a, a young child at home, uh, Halloween takes precedence over getting into the studio and, and recording and talking to a wall and all that stuff, despite the fact that I actually make money doing this. Uh, and I don't make money taking my child out trick-or-treating, but family is first. Children are the most important thing there is. Uh, and to me, my daughter is is absolutely the most important thing uh, the, and first priority above above all else. My daughter and my wife, but especially my daughter, first priority. Uh, so we had a little layoff. And then actually, weirdly, I thought we were going to miss this week as well. I came down with a really bad cold earlier in the week. Uh, and for those of you that are avid listeners, you might be listening to me right now. And I do sound a little funny. Uh, I'm, I'm still getting over it. I'm still a little congested. I'm hoping my voice holds up for the entirety of episode 114. Uh, so we may have a slightly shorter show tonight just because of that. So we're going to see how long my voice holds up and, and, and how we do here. I'm feeling much better. I mean, I was literally could do nothing but lay on a couch on, on Tuesday of this week and uh, and gradually got better. I filled myself with, with more vitamins than any human being should should possibly intake. I was joking with my wife that instead of you know blood and water running through my body, I got vitamin C and, and Sudafed <laughs> at one point this week. Uh, but luckily, I'm feeling a little better, so I'm hoping to get through the entirety of episode 114 without having to cut anything short. And we've got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of concert recaps, and in fact, I mentioned Buck 09. I didn't even have Buck 09 listed in my concert recaps here, uh, so we're going to have to do that one on the fly as well, but that, that's just kind of the name of the game here at Go Tell to the Wall is, is things happen and things come up and, and people come on the feed and, and want to buy couches and all kinds of weird stuff and, and want to tell me how terrible I am or, you know, so we just kind of fly by the, seat, by the seat of our pants here. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Bridget and or Chris joining us this evening. I actually didn't talk to either one of them. Usually, I do, but everything's just been so all over the place. Uh, and on top of that, it's my, my daughter's birthday is, is Monday, so I'm in the middle of planning a big party. It's crazy. It's just all kinds of madness. But of course, I took the time to get into the studio here and bring you episode 114. That's right. Uh, social plugs, as usual, we kind of kick things off, but I had to give you a long explanation there. So social plugs, you can keep up with us during episodes, after episodes, before episodes, whenever you so please. And you can do that in multiple locations. One of those would be Twitter. Head on over to Twitter. Follow our official Go Tell to the Wall podcast Twitter account, which would be at Tell the Wall Pod. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod. All one word, of course. For those of you that use Twitter, you know that already. Uh, you can also follow my own personal Twitter account, which is at Magic Muppet. That's right, at Magic Muppet. Still one word. It's Twitter. If you're if you're a Twitter user, you know this. Like you know, I had to be explained this years ago before I started using Twitter. Years ago, like a year or two ago. Uh, but it's all it's all one word. It's at blah 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 at Magic Muppet and at Tell the Wall Pod. And, of course, we are currently live on Facebook right now with episode 114. And head on over to Facebook.com slash wall and like our page. Check back often for updates. Again, Facebook.com slash wall. Pretty easy to remember. And, of course, YouTube. We are on YouTube. Uh, make sure you, you you find our page. Just search Go Tell to the Wall. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like all the videos. That's where you're going to find all of, our, all of our beer reviews and, and that good stuff, uh, as, as well as clips from the show and individual stuff that's shot independent of the actual podcast episodes themselves. Uh, and speaking of beer reviews, we actually just posted a few new beer reviews. Uh, brand, brand spanking new. Still got that new beer review smell on them, so make sure you check those out. Share them. Like them dislike them do whatever you kids do on youtube these days uh, and of course if you can remember none of those things 
None of those things. Uh, just remember SeanO'RourkeLive.com. SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Uh, head on over there. You're going to find links to all those things I just mentioned as well as blog posts, photos, videos, all kinds of great stuff on SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's kind of your one-stop shop for everything. Go tell to the wall and everything that is Sean O'Rourke. Uh, so make sure you bookmark that one and check back often, and you can link to all those things I just mentioned so you don't even have to remember it. Although the beauty of a podcast is you can just re rewind a little and say, oh, it was at Magic Muppet at Tell the Wall Pod. Uh, so Live.com. You'll also find our Patreon page on there. Please help us out financially. Every dollar counts. Every dollar helps. Every dollar helps to keep this studio running. So please help us out if you have the means and you see fit to do so. Help us out on Patreon. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to throw it out there because I've started using it again and, and we seem to be getting a lot of stuff on it. If you'd like to follow... My own Instagram account, which we're going to start integrating some Go Tell to the Wall stuff on there, uh, that's SoCalShawn. It's literally just S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N, SoCalShawn. Yeah, somehow I managed to get that that username years ago uh, and just hadn't really used it much, but I started using the Instagram again a little bit. So if you want to follow on there, uh, look for SoCalShawn. You'll, you'll see my lovely face right there. You're going to actually see a lot of shots uh, from some recent concerts that, that, uh, that I went to, which we're going to get into during entertainment news. Uh, and beer this week, beer this week, is a tasty little brew from Carl Strauss Brewing Company. That's right, Carl Strauss Brewing Company out of San Diego. Fantastic beers. Uh, it is the Red Trolley Ale. Red Trolley Ale. It's actually an Irish red ale. Uh, but for those of you that are familiar with Irish reds, this one is not super, like, Irish red. It's more of just like a red ale. Because uh, me personally, despite the fact that my last name is O'Rourke, sometimes with these Irish reds, I'm like, ah, it's definitely just a little too much for me. The Red Trolley Ale uh, is, is not one of those that, that's a little too much. It's got a nice little aftertaste to it, and, and it's an ale sitting at about f at 5.8% alcohol content. Super drinkable, super tasty, and I love Carl Strauss. They are one of my absolute favorite breweries. Uh, of course, I'm a little biased because I am from San Diego, but check them out. This is one of their regular ones. One of their main beers, the Red Trolley Ale, uh, actually named after the, the trolley system down there in San Diego uh, that, that are they're kind of well-known. I, I don't know. I felt like they were well-known for it back in the 80s, and now people are like, whatever, trolleys, trolleys. Uh, but the Red Trolley Ale from Carl Strauss Brewing Company. Check them out. We'll probably get a beer review of this one up soon as well. I'm enjoying it, uh, and I hope all of you will as well. Check them out. Mm. All right. Now, moving on. It's been three weeks of not being able to rant like this. Moving on to the weekly rant for episode 114 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. This one's a little bit all over the place. I'm, I'm, I've kind of been, this one's been bugging me a little bit for, really for probably a year or so, but it's it's been ramped up over the past few months, and then now with us hitting November, it's getting even more ridiculous. And what I'm talking about is overly emotional commercials, overly emotional ad campaigns. When, when it's like, what are you advertising that you need to start making me cry? You know, and, and here people are going to come at me and say, Sean, you were in marketing for 10 years. That's why I can sit back because I did this for over 10 years of my career was marketing and ad sales. I understand the nuances and the differences. And these are companies that are really just trying to tug at heartstrings for no reason. And you might say, well, they're cute commercials and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing that I have a problem with. That's fine. Have cute commercials, tug at heartstrings and all this other stuff. I don't need to cry every time I'm trying to watch some television. I don't. I don't need to get emotional every time I'm trying to watch some television. And they're not even, you know, because you can go back a few years ago and, and there's the, uh, you know, the shelter, the animal shelter campaigns and stuff. These are emotional. I get it. You want to tug at heartstrings there. Okay. But we have an ad campaign out right now from Ikea. Very emotional. Okay, Ikea, you sell fucking cheap furniture. Calm down with the over-emotional ad campaign. We don't need to, I don't need to cry. Just show me some furniture and, and call it a day. You know, if you want to be funny or whatever, that's fine, but we don't need to be over emotional. Now, obviously I am very sensitive to this because I do suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. Sometimes I can see these ads and that sticks with me for like a day. It depresses me for like a half a day, whatever it might be. And I'm not the only one out there. That's why I bring this up. I'm not the only one out there and I'm just really tired of it. I'm extremely tired of it. And in all seriousness, like I said, it's just not healthy for people. These commercials can seem nice and heartwarming and everything else. It can be a complete trigger for somebody absolute trigger for somebody that, that deals with mental illness. And remember my use of the word trigger there, because I'm going to rant a little bit about that when we get to some social trends here. And the other one, I actually saw this as I was going into the studio and, uh, and, and it was just, it was like, you got to be kidding me. Peloton. 
Peloton has an over-emotional holiday commercial ad campaign right now, and it's like, calm down, it's a fucking stationary bike. You're selling exercise equipment. I don't, I don't need to, you don't need to tug at my heartstrings. It's an exercise bike. You know, let's, when it comes to the exercise, let's go back to the, you know, oh, getting people inspired and lose weight and all this other stuff. It doesn't need to be emotional, make me cry. It's, it's not life-changing. It's a goddamn exercise bike. So calm it down completely. I'm done with this. I want to see some funny commercials. Everything at the holidays doesn't have to be emotional and sad and all this other stuff. And, oh, there's people missing. You know, we're just trying to sell you clothing from Macy's, but look how emotional we're going to be with Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving dinner and all this other stuff. It's not cute. It's not. What it is, is it's, it's oversaturating television with these commercials that are pretty much designed to make you cry. And that's what's going on. And maybe you're sitting out there and you like them and that's fine. That's fine. Go watch them on YouTube. I don't, I don't want to be sitting watching a football game and, and some weird ad campaign comes on and I've got to get all emotional and then that is what's in my head for the rest of the day. And I rec- again, I recognize the mental illness aspect of this. But consider that 1 in 25 adults in this country has a mental illness. 1 in 25. 1 in 5 teenagers, about 1 in 5 teenagers, suffers from mental illness. Mental illness. We don't need to be triggering people. We don't need to be tugging at those heartstrings. Calm it down, all of you, especially Ikea, Macy's, Peloton. There's going to be more of them coming down the pipes. I'm just going to start keeping track. I'm going to start keeping track. Because we can, we don't need this. And you're all more capable of doing things outside of just an over-emotional ad campaign. Make me laugh. Make me laugh, and I'll spend money on your stuff. That's where I'm at. All right, moving on some trending on social. That's right. Why am I? I'm just, I'm hitting the red line here. Maybe I, that's what happens. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm watching my, my recording here and I keep redlining on my mic, but that's because I have not been able to yell at this mic for three weeks. <laughs> so I'm a little extra fired up, I guess. Uh, but trending on social right now, this one got me as well. Uh, this happened just this past week. The Washington Nationals, congratulations to them for winning the World Series uh, recently. Uh, they actually went on their, their little White House visit. You know, and of course, everyone's like freaking out and like, oh, what's going on? And there's a clip that actually came out from this White House visit the other day. And it appeared to show the the pitcher, the, actually the MVP of the World Series, Steven Strasburg, appeared to show him completely snubbing the Orange Menace, snubbing Trump as he was turning around after giving a little speech at the podium. And people went and ran with this on Twitter, on social media. I actually saw it on Twitter the other day myself, and I went, ah, good on you, Steven Strasburg. I actually followed Steven Strasburg a little bit in college because he happened to go to San Diego State University. But it wasn't a big deal to me. I was like, oh, cool, he snubbed him. You know, he went to the White House, but then he snubbed him. Well, it turns out, like a day later, Steven Strasburg, who's not active on social media, comes out and says, uh, yeah, no, that's fake news, and I hate that term, fake news. But he's right here. Because if you continue watching that clip, he walks past the Orange Menace, turns to his manager and, and one of his coaches, gives them a big hug. And then if the footage were to continue, you would see him turn back and shake the Orange Menace's hand. And this is why this really gets me. Because it's like, yeah, okay, I see where you're going. You cut it weird so it makes Trump look bad and all this other stuff. That's fine. But you know what? He does enough dumb things without us taking things out of context. Just focus on those dumb things. Don't put stuff out there that's completely inaccurate. But, of course, everyone ran with it. Everyone. I hate the fact that I have to sit here and defend the Orange Menace, but that's what I'm having to do right now. It's absolutely what I'm having to do because it's ridiculous. In that case, I hate the term. Like I said, in that case, it is fake news. He didn't show the whole clip. He didn't snub him. He just didn't go to him first. There is a big difference there. Big difference. And he does enough dumb things. Let's focus on the dumb things that actually do happen. We don't have to make stuff up. That's what's amazing. It's a daily occurrence where dumb things happen. We don't need to make it up. We just don't. I need to take my microphone level down here a little. Yeah, I'll fix it later. Whatever. All right, moving along here. Uh, remember that woman in the Bronx Zoo? There was a woman that climbed into the lion enclosure at the Bronx Zoo. Uh, we got a little follow-up on that. She's actually been arrested. She's been arrested and charged with two counts of trespassing. Uh, so I hope that social media footage was worth uh, going to jail for because you're probably going to jail, lady. Uh, and that's what happens. And if you're interested, I don't want to get into all the ridiculousness of it. She she is crazy. She put out a couple statements and was like, oh, oh, no, you are actually crazy. Um, and I don't use that term lightly, but she was like communing with the lions. So if you're interested, uh, you know, check that out. But uh, but eh, is it is it worth jumping in a lion enclosure? No, no. Now you're going to jail. 
That's what happens. Trespassing. Jail. I mean, luckily she's not dead because she was next to a lion, uh, but jail. That's that's where she's headed next, most likely. Uh, Little Mermaid. Oh, did you guys see this the other day on, on ABC? It was on ABC. Uh, my wife and I actually watched a little bit of it because I flipped on the TV and it was just on that channel. I was like, ah, I'll watch a little bit of this. I mean, Shaggy singing some, some Sebastian parts from Little Mermaid's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Uh, but people weren't having it. People took to Twitter, of course, like during the actual broadcast and then after uh, and just ripped into it, shredded the the, the musical special on Twitter. Uh, and in fact, I want to share this one from you. This is from uh, I'm not even going to try to say the name. This is from Twitter. And this is and I quote, if this live Little Mermaid is any indication of what's going on in the ocean, I say we just keep using plastic straws. Uh, Or this one, uh, when you order online versus when it comes in the mail, and this was referring greatly to uh, the flounder. If you're familiar with The Little Mermaid, flounder is a very main character in it. They they put out like the worst puppet possible uh, to play flounder, and it was was really ridiculous. And one of the other big complaints was they had the entire crowd, like the entire orchestra pit, uh, was wearing crab claws on their hands, and Shaggy's out there supposed to be playing Sebastian, the crab from Little Mermaid. Nothing on his hands, just bare hands. Looking like uh, Eddie Murphy in, uh, in that, that comedy special. Not Raw, but the other one. Blanking on the name of it. This is why I need Chris. He'd be feeding me that information. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend uh, watching the Little Mermaid live musical special anytime soon because people really didn't like it. I didn't hate it, but it's also just not really my cup of tea. You know, I'm like, eh, whatever. This, it's not. It could be like the best musical special ever, and, I'd, and I'm not saying I would hate it, but I would probably just be like, eh, it, there it is. It's a thing. People are singing and dancing. It's just nothing against it. It's just not really my cup of tea. I recognize a lot of things I like aren't other people's cup of tea. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad because someone likes that and I don't like it or I like this and someone else doesn't. It's not worth my time. Not worth my time. Oh, Speaking of ridiculous social media trends, apparently Trader Joe's influencers are a thing now. Yes, Trader Joe's, the grocery store chain. That's right. There's actually some accounts out there, apparently, and this is coming to light. I think they've been around for a while, uh, but people are kind of recognizing them more mainstream now. There are accounts that are literally dedicated uh, to Trader Joe's. They're calling them Trader Joe's influencers. Yes, that's the finger quotes. Uh, One of these accounts on Instagram is at Trader Joe's gluten-free. I imagine that one's going to be focusing on gluten-free things, Uh, but this is the thing. And some of these accounts are actually making decent money actually making decent money uh, strictly off of posting stuff about Trader Joe's. That's right. People do love Trader Joe's. I enjoy some Trader Joe's to an extent, but that's one of like four grocery stores I go to. I can't, cannot get everything at Trader Joe's. You end up, and I don't go to all four in one day. People are going to be like, why are you going to four grocery No, no. It's just, we have a regular rotation in my household and, and we go to Trader Joe's, we go to Sprouts, we go to Target and we go to Vons. Those are kind of the, the that's the rotation of grocery stores uh, hit some of them get hit every week, some of them get hit every other week, and that's just how it goes. So I understand that people like Trader Joe's. I don't understand how influencers uh, can be making money simply off of Trader Joe's. Speaking of influencers, too many finger quotes tonight. i got to stop saying that word, influencers. Uh, there are new FTC, Federal Trade Commission guidelines. We talked about this, man, year at least a year ago, maybe even longer than that, uh, where influencers influencers, uh, social media personalities had to actually add hashtag ad, like AD, to their posts that were sponsored, where they were being paid by a sponsor to post something on social media. Well, the FTC has come out and said, even that's not quite enough. And they have created a guide. It's called Disclosures 101 for Social Media Influencers. And it, it offers guidance for when and how influencers should disclose ads. So, a lot of this isn't necessarily you're going to jail, but you got to keep up with this stuff or you could get fines. You could get reprimanded by the Federal Trade Commission. Makes sense to me because this, it's, it goes back to that old thing. And especially with people who are impressionable. You know, I'm not saying all teenagers are just super impressionable, but a lot of kids, teenagers, even adults, they follow these personalities on social platforms. And then they see them using a product and they're like, oh, my God, that's the greatest product ever. I must now use that product. You need a differentiation between this this personality, this celebrity really enjoys using this and has used it for years, uh, for years versus uh, this sponsor gave this celebrity, this personality money to then post about it. And maybe they've only used it for a week. Maybe they don't even use it. You know, 
It's the old adage with uh, Michael Jordan. He's been the, the, the spokesperson for Haynes uh, for probably like 30 freaking years, so long. Uh, everyone out there knows the guy doesn't wear Hanes underwear. It, it, it came to light like 25 years ago. <laughs> it was like, he doesn't wear Hanes. He's just a Hanes spokesperson. And it's the same thing. It's just more organic on social platforms, so a lot of people don't realize this. They don't. And so I don't love the Federal Trade Commission. I think they overstep their bounds a lot. This is probably a spot where we do need a little bit more regulation. We probably do. Because you're, you're literally out there selling things, and these don't come across as ads. In the marketing world, here we go, putting on my marketing hat here for a moment, we have things called ads versus promotions. You have paid advertising versus promotions. And even that gets, there's, there's a lot of blurry lines between those two. So when social media came into the world and, and became so popular and became uh, something that companies and, and, and personalities were using, it was like a whole new world. And, and now we, we do have organizations like the Federal Trade Commission that do need to regulate at least to an extent. And to me, it makes sense. All right, moving along. I got a couple of hashtags to share with you. Man, oh, my voice is going. For those of you that are regular listeners and for those of you that are just tuning in, like maybe for the first time, my voice doesn't usually sound like this. I'm, I'm just just kind of getting it back completely. So bear with me, and I'm going to go as long as we can here, uh, even if we have to stop a little short. Uh, but some hashtags trending on social right now. This one, uh, I, I saw this one at first, and then I was very happy with what I was seeing. Uh, it's hashtag when a man cooks dinner. Hashtag when a man cooks dinner. This one's floating around right now. Uh, and of course, some people have ran run with it in a different direction, but I enjoyed this direction that I was seeing from some users on Twitter. Uh, this one's actually from Monsieur Disney. Seriously, Monsieur Disney. Uh, and I quote, to my male students, a little non... Wait, am I reading the wrong... No, here it is. Uh, yes, and I quote, to my male students, a little non-language advice. Don't bother looking at things like hashtag when a man cooks dinner. Real men cook, real men clean, real men raise families, real men are nurses, real men are stay-at-home dads, real men teach, real men are kind to animals, real men dot dot dot, end quote. Yes, and this was my thought when I first saw this. I, I am a stay-at-home father. I'm a full-time father, and I'm a part-time broadcaster, part-time event host, and MC. My full-time job is taking care of my, my soon-to-be three-year-old daughter. So when I see things like this, it just it, it infuriates me. The funny thing is, in my house, my wife does most of the cooking simply because I'm not much of a cook. I, I, there's not a lot of things I can cook. My wife enjoys cooking. I enjoy cleaning. I clean the majority of the house. That is just something my, my obsessive-compulsive disorder tells me that I need to constantly clean, so it works well in my house. But I know couples, married couples and, and just partners, where the male cooks and the female doesn't. It has nothing to do with, with gender. Uh, and I also enjoyed this one from Alex Ventrella. Uh, and I quote, hashtag when a man cooks dinner. What is this? The 1960s? There are plenty of guys out there who can cook, myself included. Stop assigning gender to basic life skills. End quote. Never assign gender to basic life skills. It's ridiculous. And don't, I've said this before, I was, I was capable of doing everything with my daughter except breastfeeding. I couldn't give birth to her, but once she was born, I was capable of doing everything except breastfeeding my daughter. It's, it's simple as that. Simple as that. All right, moving on to the next hashtag. Uh, I, <laughs> this one I enjoyed. Uh, I must be old because, hashtag I must be old because. I'm not even going to share any of these with you, but I want to share a quick story with you. Uh, I started to realize this. I was at a show in Ventura with, with my good friend, my, my sister essentially Laura, uh, and Ventura is, is, is about an hour north of LA. It's not in the city. And we get there and, and I tend to be, I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert. You know, I, I don't really get into like, it takes a little bit for me to start talking to people and everything else. Once I do, I tend to, you know, you can't shut me up. It's easy. I sit in the studio. There's no one in here, you know, but once I do, you can't shut me up. So we go to Ventura and it was, it was like, everybody want to talk to us. Not cause we were cool, but and I realized kind of toward the end of the night, we even stopped at In-N-Out after this show, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about the show because there is a new band that you all need to be listening to. Uh, and there was these three kids like sitting at a table in In-N-Out. And I, I'd come back. I think I just picked up the food at the counter for myself and Laura and uh, go to sit down. And these three kids are sitting there and they look and they're like, cool jacket. You know, I'm wearing my, my, my Dickies jacket with all my patches on it. And I go, oh, thank you. And that was kind of when it hit me. I went, oh, I'm getting old. I don't mean that in a negative way, uh, but I am like one of the older guys at these shows now, <laughs> you know, these are kids that have some of these, there's some bands that I've seen live that they could never had a chance to see live because they were like three years old. 
And so, hashtag, I must be old because I have finally become the cool old guy at all of these punk rock and ska shows. And that is is kind of my take on uh, hashtag, I must be old because. Because I wasn't cool. I was doing the same things 20 years ago, and I wasn't cool then. Now that I'm pushing 40, I'm cool because I'm like I'm like the vet. I'm like, yeah, dude, I've been doing this for 25 years. Oh, Jesus, over 20. Whatever it is. Long time of doing this, man. Long time of doing this. All right. Uh, this one I really enjoyed. Oh, man, did I enjoy this. And this really ties into parenting as well. If you haven't seen this, you need to check it out. There's a viral video floating around the, the social platforms right now. It has been for a couple days because I saw it a couple days ago. It's a, it's a father in Virginia. His daughter is a cheerleader. Uh, it must be, it looks like a high school cheerleader. And he's at the football game. And he is in the stands and he is cheering for his daughter and those cheerleaders and dancing along with them and losing his mind. And I saw that and I was just so inspired. And I said, that right there, that right there is parenting. So good on you, father in Virginia. And good on you for supporting your daughter and for having no shame. No shame. Cheer along with her. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, a couple more hashtags for you. Uh, this one, I'm not even going to get into some of these, but I feel like if you if you weren't aware of this one, this is something that can be inspiring on social platforms. And this is hashtag, I know where I came from. Bernie Sanders actually kicked this off, I want to say like a week or so ago, whenever it was. Uh, and he did it to support immigrants. In fact, uh, his was talking about his father, Eli, who immigrated from Poland uh, to flee poverty and persecution. And then, of course, there are lots of other people out there have also been sharing their stories. Uh, and, and most of them are in, you know, their, their immigration stories or where their family came from originally. And this is all in support of immigrants, which I think is fantastic right now because of everything that's going on in our country. And, and the bad rap that, that anybody that comes to this country from another country is getting, uh, specifically if they're coming from another country and that, that doesn't happen to be a white country. Uh, and, and here's people supporting that. Here's people supporting that. So check out hashtag I know where I came from. Uh, this one, this I mentioned this at the top of the show. This one kills me. And this is this is not on either side. Uh, it's both sides. This is hashtag what triggers conservatives and also hashtag what triggers liberals. I'm not even going to read any of this shit because it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And why do I say that? I've said it so many times on this podcast before. You cannot just throw around the word trigger. You can't. You can't throw it around. That is a term that for many of us who suffer from mental illness, many of us that know people who suffer from mental illness, that is a term that is used for something that literally triggers your mental illness. So this isn't conservatives, Republicans. This isn't liberals, Democrats, progressives. This is all of y'all. All of you are doing this wrong. If you're out there sharing that hashtag, go delete it right now because it's disgusting. Find another fucking word. Simple as that. Find another fucking word because that's ours. And it has been for a long time. It has been before all this hateful vitriol started being spewed everywhere on social platforms. Find another word because it's offensive. Period. And I'm disgusted by that. And it's both sides. It's all sides. It's all sides. It's not just the orange menace. It's not just anything. Everybody's doing it wrong. I'm telling you right now. Throwing that word around is absolutely wrong and absolutely hateful and absolutely offensive to people like myself and one in 25 adults in this country and almost one in five teenagers in this country. More than one in five teenagers. Just keep saying almost. It's more than one. It's like one point something. Don't do it. We can do better. And it's education. I'm educating everyone out there right now. Don't use that word in the wrong manner. Don't. Just don't do it. All right, moving along to some entertainment news. Man. Oh, the voice is still there, but it's getting a little raspier. It's getting a little harder here, but I'm going to do my best. Entertainment news. Uh, so there's some there's some fallout from South Park. I don't want to get into all the details on this, but South Park has been banned in China. Uh, this all relates to the, the Hong Kong protests. So South Park completely banned in China. You can't find it anywhere. It gets even more ridiculous than that. Uh, there's a DJ named DJ Zed. DJ Zed, he has now been banned from China, banned from China. And you might say, well, was he in the South Park episode or or anything else? And no, that is absolutely not the case. What happened was he actually liked a tweet from the South Park Twitter account. Somehow China saw that and they banned him from the country completely. I don't care where you stand on the whole Hong Kong and China thing and everything else. Uh, that's disgusting. That should never happen because he liked a tweet. Give me a break here. 
give me a break here. So if you're in China, uh, you're not going to see DJ Zed. I'm sure this podcast is also not allowed in China. I'm, I'm sure it's not. We have listeners in Russia, but this, this podcast, I guarantee, is not allowed in China. <laughs> if they're catching up with DJ Zed liking a simple tweet, yeah, this, this hasn't been allowed in China since, like, episode zero, which, if you're not aware, was our very first official episode of Go Tell It's a Wall. Might have been episode one. Probably didn't get super... <laughs> I don't consider myself offensive. I just... I speak the truth, and I use common sense, and common sense is, is simply not working in a country like China right now. It's just, it's just not. They don't have any common sense. Not right now. Not right now. All right, here's some good entertainment news, eh, depending how you feel about this. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. This is my wife's absolute favorite Christmas specials from Jim Henson, 1977. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, you can pick it up on DVD. I actually own the DVD. I don't know if you can stream it anywhere. We got some news recently uh, that they're doing a remake of Emmett Otter, which I'm usually not a big fan of these remakes, especially something that's so near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. However, they have got Brett McKenzie signed on to write the script and the music. Brett McKenzie, if you're not familiar with him, he is the glasses-wearing half of Flight of the Concords. I was never a huge Flight of the Concords fan. I enjoyed it. Didn't watch it religiously, but I do love that duo. I love their style, and I think with with Brett McKenzie writing the script and the music, uh, it could actually just kind of bring a refresh to Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, and, and maybe it's a situation where we're not dismissing the original, uh, but it's just kind of a fun remake. So we'll see where that goes. A lot of stuff coming out of it. Actually, he actually has the option to direct it as well if he wants to. Uh, the other good thing about this one, uh, you're not going to have to have Disney+. Plus. A lot of people, and, and I saw this news flying around when this was first announced, a lot of people think that once you see Henson Muppets, uh, Disney has a piece of it. Just an FYI, for those of you that are not aware of it, uh, the Walt Disney Company actually own, only owns the Muppet Show Muppets. They don't own all of the other Muppets, just the Muppet Show Muppets, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, that whole, that whole crowd. So when you're talking stuff like the Fraggles, uh, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, all of that stuff is still part of the Henson Company. So this this Emmett Otter remake will actually be part of the Henson Company, not necessarily be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, now, of course, Disney could end up buying it. Who knows? I'm not going to get into the semantics of that. But keep in mind, if you're not aware of that, it's only the Muppet Show Muppets that Disney has ownership of. All right, moving along, Mr. Robot, Jesus Christ, the greatest television show on television right now. It is by far. Uh, if I haven't had much. I've, I talked about it leading up, and I haven't talked about it much. They are still killing it in the final season. Uh, it is. It, it's going to go down as my absolute favorite television show of all time. I'm 100% positive of that. Uh, not only because it's written well, uh, the actors are fantastic in it. All of the actors. There's there's like not a single actor in it where I'm like, eh, they're not fantastic acting in it. Just absolutely fantastic, fantastic writing, fantastic directing, fantastic cinematography. Oh my god. Uh, but they also treat mental illness in the best way possible that I've ever seen uh, on a television show. I think there have been movies that I might, you know, debate that about. But on a television show, there's never been anything uh, that's portrayed as well as Mr. Robot has over the past few years. Uh, and they're continuing to do that. It's fantastic. I do want to bring up now, quick spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the most recent episode, it's, it's kind of half spoiler. I, 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 you've probably seen this stuff, even if you haven't caught up with it. The most recent episode of uh, Mr. Robot that aired this past weekend was actually a completely silent episode. Not silent like no sounds. There was almost no dialogue. I believe there were like two lines of dialogue in the entire episode. Uh, and the funny thing is, I actually, I knew this before I had... I had watched the episode and I, I realized after I watched it that I think I could have gotten through the entire episode and not realized that there was really no dialogue in the episode of Mr. Robot. It was done that well. It was fantastic. And for me, uh, with 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 my obsessive compulsive disorder, I tend to I like like I said when we were talking about the the over emotional ad campaigns that are coming out right now, I tend to be a little bit put off by those kind of things. It's completely silent, you know, this weird take, whatever it might be. Mr. Robot did it so well. It's definitely one of my favorite episodes of Mr. Robot over the past four or five seasons, whatever. This is the last season, whatever season we're in now. Uh, and they did a fantastic job. If you're not watching Mr. Robot, make sure you do it now. Now. You can stream it uh, on USA. If you have cable, uh, there's a USA app. That's actually where I watch um, the episodes is through the USA app. And you can find that on your devices, on Apple TV, really on a bunch of stuff. Roku and, and, and all that stuff I'm sure has it as well. So check out Mr. Robot. God, Rami Malek is so good. Rami Malek, Christian Slate, so good. So good. And Sam Ashmill, he's going to go down as, as, as one of my favorite showrunners of all time. And, and he's got some new projects uh, coming up soon as well. 
Spencer, are you on there? Spencer, what's going on with the football game, man? Uh, my, my good buddy Spencer just joined. And it's funny because I happen to look through my feed. He is a diehard Raiders fan, has been his entire life. Uh, Raiders are playing the Chargers tonight, and his young son, who I want to say is like six or seven, uh, somehow became a Chargers fan here in Los Angeles. So there was a little bit of a battle going on in their house, uh, which was interesting. So hopefully, uh, I don't know who I want to. I don't like the Chargers, so I, I guess I'd be cheering for the Raiders as well. Uh, and then Brendan, how's it going out there in Chicago? I see you over there. Make sure you're watching some Mr. Robot. You got to watch the Mr. Everyone should be watching Mr. Robot. I don't, I don't care what you're into. It's fantastic, fantastic television. All right, moving along here. Game of Thrones. No, that's not where I am yet. Apple TV. <laughs> Apple TV launched this week. If you have an Apple TV uh, or an Apple device, you, you probably have certain stuff on it. I half looked at it on my Apple TV. I don't pay for the Apple TV Plus, which is like the premium package for the Apple TV programming. Uh, they're getting some... some What's the word I'm looking for here? They're, they're not getting a lot of uh, excitement behind their original programming that they're putting out there. In fact, most of the shows, all but one, are not tracking well on Apple TV+. And these, there's, shows on, there's a show with Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston not tracking well. The only show that's tracking somewhat well, somewhat okay, is C. S-E-E, uh, with Jason Momoa. And I have a feeling that's only tracking well because it looks like Jason Momoa is probably going to be shirtless quite a bit in it. I mean, I'm not a Momoa fan myself. I still remember the the sexist things that he said at Comic-Con, uh, but a lot of the women and men, too, love him. He's going to be shirtless, and I'm pretty sure that's the only reason it's the the, the, the one show that's tracking well uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, it's going to be a few years before Apple TV catches up. It, it, it's interesting because Disney Plus obviously has this huge catalog uh, of stuff that they can put on. Apple, Apple TV doesn't really have this. They're scrambling to get all this original programming and get stuff on their on their platform uh, so that people will actually play, pay for Apple TV+. Plus. Speaking of shows that are that were not great, <laughs> the Game of Thrones prequel at HBO. This was the remember they had like five of these in development at one time. This was the one remaining show that that they were moving forward on a pilot uh, to actually shoot a pilot. They shot the pilot, uh, and HBO decided that they are going to pass completely on this uh, Game of Thrones spinoff, this prequel. This was one of the spinoffs, uh, and that officially officially means no Game of Thrones spinoffs whatsoever. At HBO, completely done. Uh, so all that madness for Game of Thrones, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say it right now. I remember this. Uh, what's the date today? November seventh, two thousand nineteen. I was thinking about it the other day. Something came up about Game of Thrones, and I was thinking about it and kind of just mulling around in my head. And I, I watched it religiously. I loved it. I, my wife and I were late to it. We started watching like season four and caught up and everything. I loved it at the time, and then I think back on it. Everyone freaked out and then won all these Emmys and blah blah blah. I think I look back at it and I'm like, it was fine. It wasn't that great of a show. I wouldn't call it the greatest show on television. Like I sit here and say that about Mr. Robot. It was fine. It was definitely overhyped. And it was fine. And now we see nobody even wants prequels of this stuff. So, so much for that Game of Thrones freaking out. And don't blame it on the final season. Well, the final season was so... Come on. Come on. The show was fine and it, and it was it was a phenomenon and people got into it and because it was based on books and had all this you know sex and violence and anybody could get killed. It was fine. It was fine. All right, uh, some Stranger Things news for those of you that are into Stranger Things. I still haven't watched Stranger Things season three. It's sitting in my queue. That's that's the thing with all these streaming like Apple TV Plus. I don't know how people have time to to watch all of these shows. I don't know. I still have yet to watch the Dark Crystal prequel, and I am a Henson freak. My nickname is literally Magic Muppet. There's there's a Muppet. 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 Oh, and there's a bunch of Muppets back there. There's a Muppet hooded sweatshirt that I had custom made by my mother hanging behind me. Still haven't watched the Dark Crystal prequels. Not because I don't want to. I just don't have freaking time. I don't know how pe people have time to watch all these shows. I, I haven't watched Stranger Things season three, but we got some information on the upcoming season four. Uh, they revealed the the title for the premiere episode of season four, and it's going to be called The Hellfire Club. Uh, and apparently it's a bit of an X-Men reference, not the X-Men movies, but the X-Men comic books, specifically Uncanny X-Men, uh, which was a big thing in the 80s and, and early 90s, Uncanny X-Men. I will admit, I was never a big comic book guy, never have been. Uh, I actually read a little bit of X-Men. There are some X-Men comic books on this bookshelf back here, uh, and some of them are Uncanny X-Men, so I get it. Uh, we don't know. It's going to be shooting next year, so who don't know when Stranger Things Season 4 is coming out, uh, but for those of you that want to freak out and get all excited for the next two years, uh, the Hellfire Club. Yeah, that'll be fun. 
On some news from Disney Plus, we got official confirmation from Disney that Avengers Endgame uh, will be streaming on Disney Plus as soon as it launches. So the day that Disney Plus launches, you'll be able to watch Avengers Endgame. Maybe I'll actually get around to watching it. I don't know. I watch enough of the clips on YouTube. <laughs> That's what's funny about these Marvel. And I've, I'm not going to sit here. I, we've talked about this before. I'm not going to sit here and say Marvel movies are terrible. It's just it's just not my cup of tea. Like I'm like, it's fine. I enjoy certain things. I mean, Deadpool. Oh, man. I, I love the Deadpool movies. Uh, I do enjoy the character development and the dialogue from some of the characters in the in the Marvel movies, but I'm not a huge fan. I, ne- I haven't seen Endgame yet. I've watched a bunch of clips of it on YouTube. You know, I, I enjoyed really enjoyed the original Guardians of the Galaxy until they went to a sequel and turned it into a, a commercial for for Baby Groot, two hour product commercial from Disney. There, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but that's going to be available if if you're getting Disney Plus there, which uh, we're getting Disney Plus in my house. I had to admit it to it like a month ago when. And we got the cheap price, and I got a three-year-old at home who, who likes to watch Disney stuff. So you'll be able to watch that uh, on Disney+. Plus. All right, and today, 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 this is really for people uh, familiar with Los Angeles radio. Uh, today was Bean Baxter's, Eugene Bean Baxter's last day on K-Rock, KROQ 106.7 here in Los Angeles after almost 30 years years uh new year's eve would have been 30 years for bean baxter on the air with kevin uh doing a show on k-rock today was his absolute last day i've talked about this before uh he's actually struggled with mental illness he is moving to england and after 30 years uh we need to give a huge salute and a huge good on you bean to bean baxter thank you for making radio in los angeles that much more lively thank you for launching careers of people like jimmy kimmel uh among many many others that that really started out on the kevin and bean show on k-rock here in los angeles so it's a sad sad day uh, but we salute you uh, we love you and, and good on you and I wish you nothing but the best out there in England uh, to Bean Baxter and we'll see how the how the Kevin and Bean that's not going to be branded Kevin and Bean show anymore but Kevin will still be on on the air at K-Rock so we'll see kind of how that goes uh, and for those of you that are fans of Rage Against the Machine, which I am, I'm excited about this. Uh, and if you're a fan of My Chemical Romance, I'm just lumping them together because they they both announced kind of comebacks over the past couple weeks while I was not in the studio. Uh, so yay, Rage, My Chemical Romance, eh, that's fine. Don't come mess up my punk, uh, my punk Scott third wave scene that is happening right now because that's what happened in the freaking early. Oh boy. No, we're good. Okay. My thing is just messing up here. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, uh, so Rage Against the Machine and My Chemical Romance both coming back. And interestingly enough, they saw huge upticks in their their YouTube channels, uh, their YouTube music videos and all that good stuff. Uh, So if you're interested, check those out. I'm excited about some new Rage Against the Machine, especially in in this day and age. We could definitely use uh, some new Rage Against the Machine for the love of God. (laughs) Especially with Green Day not really tackling certain things that we were expecting them to. And not against Billy Joe, it's fine. I understand. Uh, But we could use some Rage Against the Machine right now, that's for sure. Speaking of the punk ska third wave, which is what we're sitting in right now, I've talked about this a little bit. It's the 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 revolution uh, of punk and ska right now. The resurgence revolution. Resurgence is the word I'm looking for. We actually saw this happening on SNL last week. Uh, they they did a uh, a corporate punk rock band skit, made up their own song, uh, and it was actually pretty clever. A lot of people were offended by it, uh, weirdly. And uh, this is not moving. What's happening right now? Okay. Hang on, I'm having some trouble here. Oh no, it's moving. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. My comp- this is what happens. It's it's time to get some new new machines here in the studio because this is not moving well. All right, let me let me get rid of this. There we go. All right, apologies. Some technical issues here in the studio. That's what happens when we're uh, <laughs> when we're out for three weeks. I gotta gotta remember, like, oh yeah, this is how we do things. Uh, anyway. All right, so moving along, I do want to talk about, you know, we're running short on time, so what I'm probably going to do is, is cut out some of the tech stuff here, um, but I do want to talk a little bit about uh, a couple of bands here. So, I, I we, oh, Jesus, Laura and I and my wife actually came out to a dingy punk bar a few weeks ago, uh, had the privilege of seeing a lot of bands recently, one of them being the Bomb Pops. I'm actually wearing one of my Bomb Pop shirts right now. They put on such a fantastic show, and they are some of the nicest people around. Um, I love them. Seeing them tomorrow here in downtown Los Angeles at House of Machines. That's right, House of Machines. 
uh, I would say come join us, but that one's sold out. They're playing with Anti-Flag. Uh, and if you're not into some bomb pops, they they just they put on a fantastic show. They played with Mass Intruder when we saw them a few weeks ago uh, down there in Long Beach at Alex's Bar. Did a fantastic job. Mass Intruder is also a fantastic band to check out. If you haven't gotten into them, uh, please, please check them out because they are fantastic. But more importantly, I want to talk about this other band because I've talked about Bomb Pops a lot before. Uh, there's a band out there from the UK. They've been around for a few years. I was not familiar with them until recently uh, when we caught them opening for a band called Bad Cop, Bad Cop that I'm quite familiar with. They are a, a Hellcat band. Actually, I believe Hellcat or Fat Records. Either way. Uh, but I'm standing there and we're like checking out the, the opening band. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm standing here. And Barstool Preachers from the United Kingdom come out. They come out. And they just blew me away. I literally, and, and my friend Laura, she said to me, she's like, I've never seen that kind of look on your face. And I was like, I've never, it, it's been, you know, 20 plus years since I've been to a concert and seen a band and said, oh my God, oh my God. And then of course I went home, downloaded all their music. And then uh, my friend Laura and I <laughs> drove an hour up to Ventura to see them two weeks later before they headed back to the UK. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, I've talked about, so many bands that we see actually caught interrupters down there in Irvine uh, recently as well. Definitely still love the interrupters. But if you love any of the, the ska, the pop punk, the ska punk that I talk about on this podcast, make sure that you are listening to Barstool Preachers. Follow them. Check out their music. They are just the best group of guys. I actually bought a uh, bought a T-shirt from the bassist uh, who was working the merch booth. One of the nicest guys ever. Everyone in that band, just fantastic. And their music just kills it. Kills it. And if you're an Interrupters fan, Amy is literally on one of their tracks. So check out Bar Stool Preachers. And make sure you listen to Bomb Pops as well. I'm actually We're seeing Bomb Pops tomorrow night here in downtown uh, Los Angeles. I'm actually seeing them a week from Saturday again in Garden Grove. Uh, that, that That's three Bomb Pops shows over the course of like five weeks, I believe. And I'm a huge Bomb Pops fan as well. So check them out. Also super nice people. Uh, I've, I've talked to mul- many of them from the band at shows and everything. And they're, they're just they're fantastic to listen to. And I love supporting bands that are just down to earth and, and great and fun and, and really connect with their fans. Uh, Bomb Pops is a great example of that. Barstool Preachers is a great example of that. Interrupters to an extent, uh, which is funny because Interrupters, they've just gotten big. So it's a little harder to kind of keep up with them. Uh, but we did have an opportunity thanks to uh, my good friend Seth, who... Oh, he's. I keep meaning to put him on the wall supporters board because he's he's actually a longtime patron of the podcast. Uh, actually, had a little connection and, and hooked us up with with a backstage pass, uh, which we of course gave to my good friend Laura, and she had the opportunity to meet the often imitated, never duplicated Amy Interrupter, and she's just one of the nicest people around. One of the nicest people. And this is why I love pop punk, ska punk, and all this stuff. A lot of down to earth people. I love the music. But I also love the down-to-earth people uh, that, that come from these bands and that scene. It's just fantastic. All right, let's move along to some mental health. Mental health. Like I said, we are running short on time. It's hot in the studio. My recording software is being weird. You know, kind of getting back into the swing of everything here. Uh, but <laughs> mental health. That is not a giggle at mental health. I'm just still laughing at my recording software over here. There's a new show, a new sh- new sh- show, a new short film that is available on Amazon. It actually highlights depression. There is a comedian out there, a stand-up comedian out there named John Pavaromo, John Pavaromo, uh, who actually has been open with from op- open about his struggle with depression and anxiety for years, for years. Uh, actually connected with the creators of the show to create this short film, uh, and it's interesting because it's it's all puppets. That's what it's called Duppet, D-U-P-P-E-T, and it's all puppets. So it's it's kind of framed as a kid's show, uh, but it tackles real-life important uh, adult situations when it comes to mental illness. Uh, and there's a quote in here. I don't, I'm not going to give you the exact quote, but um, somebody said, you, you don't expect it. You don't expect it to kind of... Uh, with, with that premise, you don't expect it to be comforting, uh, but this person that was, was talking about it actually said, but you come out of it feeling comforted. Uh, so so check out Duppet. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's on Amazon, like I said, and, it, it, and I think the important thing is that it is blending comedy uh, and emotions when it comes to, to mental illness. And, and while still doing justice to those of, those of us and those of you out there who struggle with a mental illness, I haven't watched it yet. I, I probably will and, and kind of give you my thoughts on it uh, 
probably episode 115 or 116 whenever I can actually get around to it. Uh, but check it out. This one just came up on my radar. Uh, and I think if even if and if you don't suffer from a mental illness, you don't have mental health problems, still something to check out, because like I always say, you probably know somebody out there, whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not, that does suffer from a mental illness. Simple as that. You you have someone in your life may not be your, your partner, you know, your sibling, your parent, uh, but there's somebody that you cross paths with on a regular basis that has a mental illness. It, it's just a fact of the matter. So even if you're not someone that suffers from that or needs that comforting, uh, you know, needs that outlet, uh, it could probably still do good things for you. So check out Duppet on Amazon. Uh, and this one I did find interesting uh, to an extent. I, I just want to run through this list real quick. And I found this. This is according to... I can't. This was medically reviewed by by a couple of doctors, and it does make sense. Oh, and it's from Net Doctor. And this is talking about foods that you should eat when you're depressed, the best foods for you when you're depressed, when you're sad. Uh, and I'm just going to run through these. Uh, one of them is Brazil nuts, oily fish. You're going to get a lot of omega red, you know, that omega red stuff from the oily fish. Oats, bananas, lentils, lots of lots of protein in lentils, chicken and turkey, spinach, water, of course, cereal, dark chocolate, oysters, and that's it. Oysters are disgusting. <laughs> I do not like oysters. My wife likes oysters. I've never liked oysters in my entire life. I don't like clams, oysters, any of that stuff. Do love me some dark chocolate. Uh, so I think this, these are good things to keep in mind. Uh, specifically, it says, you know, don't go eat junk food. Uh, however, I will caveat that with, with something very important. Uh, do what makes you feel better. Don't do unhealthy things, you know, but do what makes you feel better. Uh, for me, sometimes, and my wife knows this, and I'm not advocating this. I'm not saying go out there and do that. Uh, but sometimes I just need a fucking cheeseburger. I, I just need it. I need a cheeseburger and fries. And my, my wife knows that because sometimes, you know, she'll be like, ah, what do you, I'm just like, I just need a cheeseburger. I, and, and, you know, chemically, maybe it's not making me feel better, but mentally it makes me feel better. So that being said, all those foods, you know, Brazil nuts and oily fish and dark chocolate and everything and cereal, oats, bananas. I mean, cereal has oats in it. So it's like, it's kind of a double whammy. Uh, all that stuff. Do what makes you feel good. Keep yourself healthy, but do what makes you feel good. Uh, this one I found really interesting, and I'm not going to go through this, but this is an article uh, that I came across talking about how to tell your partner you have a mental illness. And this one this one got me, kind of hit me personally. Uh, now, my wife, I've, I've talked at length about how supportive my wife is uh, of, of my mental illness and helping me, helping me with my struggle and help, even helping to reduce that stigma. Uh, but there are people out there that just that that don't understand that, that don't want to deal with it. And I've been in that situation myself years and years and years ago. Uh, I was dating somebody for about a month, about a month, and not even dating like serious dating. We we're just we we're dating. We were not in a serious relationship at that point. We we're dating. And somehow it came up. I can't remember specifically how, uh, but it came up. And I said, oh, yes, you know, I suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. You know, it, it can at times can be very challenging for me. Well, this woman that I was dating at the time freaked out, freaked out. I'm not, and I'm not even exaggerating freaked out. And I'm not, not throwing things. Cause, trust me, th that's coming out in the blog post. This person did throw things at me as well further down the line. Not throwing things, but just blatantly like, what do you mean? How could you not tell me this right away? This could affect our whole. And I was like, we we've been dating a month. A month. And we're, like, we're not exclusive. We're not getting married. We're not moving in together. A month. And I remember even saying, like, if this isn't working for you, that's fine. Let, let's end it here. And it was, it was more of just a, I have to complain. I have to complain. It was and it wasn't a deal breaker for her. And I bring this up for multiple reasons. Uh, because you need to find someone, if you suffer from mental illness, you need to find someone that's going to support that, that's going to love you no matter what. That's extremely important. But on top of that, it's knowing the right time uh, to, to tell a partner, you know, and the most important thing is, and there's steps that I, that I found, you know, people recommend and everything. The most important thing is to make sure you are comfortable, make sure you are comfortable. Now, that being said, you shouldn't spend five years with somebody, you know, get married and then divulge the fact that you have a mental illness. Of course, that also being said, uh, if someone has been with you for five years and you have a mental illness, they probably realize that you have a mental illness. You just haven't told them. I mean, th that is also going to be fact a lot of times. 
But do what's good for you. Do what's good for you. And learn from my mistake of, of being yelled at for nothing and then continuing to stay with somebody uh, in a very, very unhealthy relationship. That stuff is coming down in blog posts. Uh, they're literally sitting and I just need to be organized. And that's my, 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 my journey with mental illness. And, uh, and a lot of that's going on there as well. All right, one more thing on mental illness here that I want to talk about, uh, and this one's really straightforward, mental health sick days, mental health sick days. A lot of people ask this, and they say, is it okay to take a, take a mental health day, a sick day for mental health? I'm not physically sick, uh, but, but mental health day. And I've said, I know I've touched on this before, but it's becoming really more apparent now. Um, we'd actually, I actually a couple months ago talked about a boss who was like, yes, absolutely take a mental health day, you know, and this it came out on social media and stuff. I've been fortunate enough, even even when I worked at cutthroat companies, uh, like like the Walt Disney Company, it was still okay to take mental health days. And I think this is important. If you're an employer out there, make sure that your employees are able to do that. Because you might say, well, you're not physically sick. I, I, I'll tell you, a mental illness can be just as, if not more debilitating than a physical illness. It can. And that's the simple fact of the matter. So if you're an employer out there, remember, people are going to need to be able to take mental health days. If you're somebody that needs to take a mental health day, know that that is okay. That is absolutely okay. All right, let's move on to some parenting. Uh, I have a couple of quick things in parenting here. We got some news from T.I. There's a rapper, T.I. Yeah, literally the letters T.I. T is in Tom. I is in the letter I. I don't know what is the thing you say for I. Uh, he did an interview recently on a podcast. And we, we, we learned that he is basically one of the most horrible parents on the face of the earth. He was asked about his 18-year-old daughter and talking with her about sex. About sex. And he divulged that he actually goes with his daughter to the gynecologist once a year. To the gynecologist once a year to make sure that her hymen is intact. If you don't know what a hymen is, I'm not going to sit here and explain it. But to make sure that her hymen is, is intact. Essentially making sure she has not had sex. 18 years old, and he's been doing this for years. Now, of course, he had to get permission from her because that's the way the medical industry works uh, for that information to be divulged from her gynecologist. This is disgusting. This is disgusting. It's gross. It's absolutely wrong. And it is absolutely 100% abusive. This is abusive to a teenage girl. Now she's 18. Now she's 18. This is even worse. So T.I., I have no respect for you. You are a terrible father. I don't, I don't care. I, there, there's nothing you can say that's going to change my mind. T.I. is a terrible father. He's a terrible human being, and he should probably go back to jail. Probably just, just go back to jail because that, that, that's where you belong when you're doing stupid shit like this. Abusing the hell out of your daughter. Who does this? Who does that? But there are parents out there that do it. Disgusting. Disgusting. T.I., worst father on the face of the earth. I'm, I'm, there are worse fathers out there. I know I'm exaggerating. There are worse fathers out there. I had a biological father who would definitely probably be much worse than that if he was still around today. So I, I'm not going to argue that. Not going to argue that. All right, we've got just a few... Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. How could I do that? Oh. I want to take a moment here in our parenting section. And wish a very, 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 very happy birthday to my amazing, my funny, my beautiful, my full of personality daughter, Zofia, who is turning three on Monday. She turns three on Veterans Day. Her birthday is November 11th, 11-11, and she will be three. We're throwing a huge birthday party for her on Saturday. Going to have some fun. My, my mother, her grandmother, is making, a, making an awesome cake to surprise her. Uh, she's got some friends coming over. We've got our friends coming over and, uh, I hate to, I, it's not that I hate to see her grow. Time moves so fast. And that's something we're going to talk about in mental health over the next couple of weeks. Time does move so fast and please nobody, t and, and just warning anyone out there that's, that's going to, when you see birthday posts, I understand it goes too fast. It literally depresses me on a daily basis that it goes too fast. I don't need to be told that every five minutes that it goes too fast. I know I see it. I don't need to be reminded and depressed about it. I want to be happy that she's having a birthday and she's turning three. Uh, so happy birthday to you, Zofia, my beautiful, amazing daughter uh, who, who makes, m makes my world brighter on a daily basis. Makes my world just absolutely fantastic on a daily basis. All right, uh, a couple things. You know what? I'm just going to run through these, these tech things real quick. Los Angeles has suspended the Uber permit for scooters and bikes. And this is over a data sharing policy. The scooter wars just it never ends. We're going to get into Scooter Wars 2020 here. 
It's just it's never-ending scooter wars here, especially uh, in California. Google Assistant, for those of you that use Google Assistant, uh, it's now available for bathtubs and faucets. Yes, you can control your bathtub and your faucets with your Google Assistant. It's funny, when I first saw this, I was like, well, that's stupid. And then as I was sitting as I was prepping the show, I went, wait a minute. This is actually kind of brilliant for parents. You could be in the other room playing with your kids, and you could tell Google to fill the bathtub for your kids. That's actually kind of brilliant. Now, I'm not going to go get a smart bathtub because I don't need all these smart devices in my home, but I could totally see that being a useful thing uh, specifically for parents who are just like, I got to fill the bathtub, you know, whatever it might be. And you don't have to actually go do it. In my house, it's when both my wife and I are home, it's a two-person thing. I will take care of getting the bath ready. My wife usually bathes her, uh, and then it's kind of a handoff process and one dry and my wife has to go change clothes because my daughter (laughs) splashes water everywhere i mean just absolutely madness uh so seems crazy but i actually see a uh, use for that and here's actually a warning my voice is going oh my voice is going wall fans made it to the very end but it's going i'm not gonna be able to talk tomorrow which is good because i'm going to a concert and i won't be able to (laughs) talk uh sam's if you have a samsung tv Uh, It's actually going to stop support for Netflix as of December 2nd. These are older Samsung TVs uh, from 2010 and 2011. You can check out their website to see if if your television is one of those that's going to lose support for uh, Netflix as of December 2nd. Uh, And, of course, even if you bought a television in, like, 2012, 2013, because those those were televisions that that had started to be sold uh, in... Uh, in 2010, 11, but of course they could have still been stock and you might've bought it in 2012, 2013, whatever it might be. So, so check that out. If it's something you're super concerned about, just going to lose Netflix on your smart television. Uh, San Francisco has upheld its e-cig ban. That's right. They have upheld. There was a little pushback on the e-cig ban. They banned e-cigs in San Francisco a little while ago. They have upheld that ban. Yeah. You can't smoke e-cigs in San Francisco anymore. You can smoke the shit out of a pack of real cigarettes. Puff away, puff away, cigarettes, cigarettes, cigarettes. And if you're homeless, you can actually shoot up on the street, which I'm not going to get into semantics on that. But God forbid somebody has a a vape, an e-cig out there on the streets in San Francisco, you're going to get arrested. But shoot up some heroin, smoke all the regular cigarettes you want, because San Francisco get tired of that fucking city now and then, man. They do, you know, they do great things. And I and I love the city. But that is an ass-backwards way of thinking. If you're going to ban the real cigarettes. And, and I have no problem with you banning e-cigs at that point. But ban the real cigarettes first. Then worry about e-cigs. All right, for those of you interested that like seltzer water, like the, the LaCroix and all that stuff, Coca-Cola is coming out with a new seltzer called Aha. Aha. That's for <laughs> the prince. Aha. The Princess Bride fans. Uh, it's going to be called AHA and it's out in March, 2020. So for those of you that like drinking that seltzer that tastes like really, 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 really dirty water or, or Sprite that's gone bad, uh, that's going to be available for you from through Coca-Cola. Don't send me hate mail. I know y'all like the LaCroix and shit and the white claw and whatever that, I I don't like it. So I'm going to make fun of it and I'm going to joke about it because I don't like it. It's gross. It's to me, it's gross. Drink a goddamn red trolley ale from Carl Strauss, or if you're Bridget, who's on the live feed right now, uh, who doesn't like beer, drink some goddamn whiskey. That's what Bridget does, and that's why she's producer of Go Tell Us The Well podcast, because she's not running around drinking some White Claw. Just kidding. There's nothing wrong with drinking White Claw. What's funny is I'm wearing my Bomb Pop shirt, and they like the Bomb Pops love White Claw. <laughs> like, I'm a, but I'm gonna give Neil, I'm gonna give Neil a hard time tomorrow and be like, "Why are you drinking that White Claw? What are you sorority girl?" <laughs> All right, one more thing. I'm actually going to, I'm following the story and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. There was a high school cross country runner who was disqualified, female cross country runner. She was disqualified from a race because she wore a hijab. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm so bad with the pronunciation on a a hijab. I'm so bad with the pronunciation. It is, I mean, no offense uh, to the culture. I just, it's one, like, it's one of those things that just doesn't work for me uh but it, it's it's a headscarf uh and it was actually a nike and i'm laughing because it's ridiculous because it was a nike branded and like nike uh has gotten into gotten with the times and they've actually made branded hijabs for for females uh female muslims that play sports and run cross country and stuff she was actually disqualified because of that hijab and she had actually set a personal record in the cross country race here's the thing i ran track and cross country as a kid 
I saw guys get pulled off the line for a hot second and said, that is not compliant, that is not compliant, that is not compliant, that is not compliant before the fucking race started. And for me, if you were to sit there and say, that is not compliant to this young lady, fuck you. What does it matter? That is part of her culture. It is important to her culture. Let her run. So we're going to continue to follow this because she's an elite cross-country runner. I love me some track and cross-country, uh, and we're going to continue to make sure that she actually gets justice for this because that's absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Like, yeah, because that, that affected all of the other runners on the course. They were so distracted because her head was covered. Common sense, common sense, common sense. All right, wall fans, common censors, podcast consumers, social media world. That's going to do it. My voice somehow made it through to the, the entirety of the episode. Uh, make sure you check out some Carl Strauss Brewing Company Red Trolley Ale. I'm liking it. Super tasty. I'm going to finish this one. I'm going to have another one, actually. Mm. And this is very exciting. We will be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time. Uh, but like I said, we are out of time. Somehow my voice made it. This has been episode 114 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod as well as at Magic Muppet. And of course, Facebook, where we're currently live, facebook.com slash Go Tell It to the Wall. Uh, also, YouTube, head on over there, search Go Tell It to the Wall. Make sure you subscribe to our channel, like all the videos, dislike the videos, do whatever you want to do. And SeanOrourkeLive.com, your one stop shop for everything. Go Tell It to the Wall. And Sean O'Rourke Live. Myself, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Sometimes I just lose track of things. Uh, and like I mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to start following my Instagram account, because I'm like a millennial and I'm going to start posting on Instagram more and more. Uh, no, but honestly, you should follow that if you're into uh, some pop punk, some ska punk. Uh, that would be at SoCalSean on Instagram. S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. That's right, SoCalSean, because I will probably be posting some stuff from the Bomb Pops Anti-Flag show tomorrow. All right, wall fans, common censors, podcast consumers. Like I said, this has been episode 114 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I'm your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, wall fans, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you go, no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense. <laughs>